This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show podcast. Oh, he loves the This is the Halftime Show with Umar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I am your host, covering everything sport, international and local. Now, for my regular halftimers, you know that on Halftime Show, we don't only highlight superstars on the world stage. We also highlight them in the community. And when I zone in to these characters, what fascinates me is who they really are in their household, at their workplace, and in their community. And today, guys, I have a special treat for you guys. I have a guest coming in from the community who's going to be able to talk to us about what really goes on behind the scenes. Mohammed Sadiq joins us at the Halftime Show here in the heart of Sharjah on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Oh, he loves the fire that What the goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Yes, yes, yes. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local. Now, for my regular halftimers, you know that on the Halftime Show, we don't only highlight superstars on the world stage, we also highlight them in the community. And today is with great pleasure, I introduce to you a guy who's absolutely all that and more. Now, when I zone into these characters, what fascinates me is who they really are in their household, at their workplace and in their communities. And today... Mohammed Sadiq, welcome to the show. Thanks for getting me on board. It's <laughs> my pleasure, my pleasure. And now, Mohammed, you're a person who has played cricket in the 40 degree heat during the day with people from all sorts of backgrounds. At night, you mix it up with a different community, shout out to that community, and play football with two strapped knees. At home, you're a father who supports a beautiful family. But tell me, what is it about sports that gets you involved so much? Me. I actually love a lot. I love football. It's my passionate about sports. Mm-hmm. That's the reason. But if you want to hear from my wife's side, she thinks I'm crazy. And she's, my <laughs> sec- she's the second wife. And for sports, especially football, is my first wife. Yeah, you know, see, that's something that I always talk about in terms of sport, that it's a marriage. you know. And sports isn't just a game. It's a useful tool to break down social and cultural barriers off the field. But at home, you have a lot to answer to. <laughs> now, something I just found out. Now, um... And you're known as for several, Muhammad, Sadiq, Sid. How can we address you here on the Halftime Show? Uh, you can call me Sid. Okay, because Sid. Because it's easy and simple. Amazing. Now, Sid, your day job is a finance manager. Your night job is looking after your family. Sorry, yeah, your, your night job is looking after your family. But what is it about sports that keeps you making time for that amongst that busy schedule? If you love something, you will do everything for it. 100%. And I have a lot of pa- pa- passionate about football and I've been playing a lot. For me, in a week, three, di- three times a game is very important. Yeah, yeah. And there are a lot of incidents where my wife was very upset about me because uh, I went for a football match and, <laughs> and skipped some important things. <laughs> So that must be, you must be someone who really knows how to get yourself out of trouble if you're able to still manage to get involved with the community and organize a lot of things. By the way, shout out to Jasmine and the whole football crew. We'll be giving you more shout outs later. But with with uh, you, uh, Sid, tell me, you do a lot for the community and, and obviously 
you've been involved for a long time. When did you start getting involved in all of this? Uh, like starting like the organizing the community football and things like uh, that. We've been, I've been doing from 96. 1996. Yes. You know, just yes. for that, you're going to get a round of applause for that. 1996, you've been organizing games. Yes. Wow. So uh, you must have come across a lot of people. Yes. In our group, we have more than 6,200 people in our email list. Wow. Yeah, from the time, like there are a lot of people who join us and they left and a lot of people migrated and new friends join in. So whoever joins, in short, they bring two, three guys with them. Right. So the group increased itself and yeah, we had a lot of people now. So how many people would you say now are in the group? Should be around 100, close to 100. 100 people. But active, I will say around 30, 40 people are active. 30, 40 people active. And let's, let's, let's talk about that now. How many nationalities are in those groups? Maybe 15 or 20 something. That's amazing. When you yes. think about that, that amount of people getting together for sport in the community is incredible. You know, because they come from different backgrounds. Normally in communities, you, predominantly you might have one or two, uh, let's say, of the similar of the similar backgrounds, countries, cultures. But to have that, you must come across a lot of people. Yeah. How we started, I can tell you. Like, yeah. The purpose of starting this was, like, I born and brought up in Dubai. So mm -hmm. we finished our school. And after finishing school, we never used to meet each other. All our friends, school friends. We were sport guys. And our priority is always sports. So yes. sports was the only reason to meet every Friday as right. a weekend. So we used to gather and play a game. And it slowly, slowly it increased from 10 people to, you can, around 100 now. Amazing. And, yes. and with that, there's also s different age groups, right? Yes, there's no age group, actually. <laughs> uh, well, that's what I was going to say, because mashallah, uh, for those who are tuned into our Instagram live, as if you're watching um, Sid in the background, mashallah, Sid, you know, I like to call it, you're 43 years young and you're extremely fit. How have you adapted to playing against, like you said, there's no age group? How how have you adapted to play against all these different ty types of um, uh, cultures, uh, communities, and also people from 18, 19, all the way up? There is only one culture over here, it's football. I and like that. that brings to everybody. Everybody like to, in one play. You can, in one plate. You're getting a, a, too much round of applause today for Sid. You're saying the right things, my bro. And and what do you get out of this? What does football mean to you, uh, you know, as on a personal level? Uh, in a personal level, I meet a lot of people. I meet a lot of friends. And I enjoy playing my game. And it keeps me fit. It keeps you fit. And health is extremely yes. important, especially, yeah. you know, but the older that we do get, I'm speaking from personal experience as well. I'm not. I'm not that young either. For the older we get, the more uh, wiser we get, and the more smarter we get when we play. Is that right? That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and the best thing about football is we get a chance to argue on the field because at home we can't. <laughs> <laughs> this guy has got it on a hundred percent. He knows exactly what he's talking about. Coming up next, we talk more about the community, how things have evolved in the UAE. Um, what are things like in your community? Text us on 4215, or slide into our DMs on Instagram Live at Omar Alduri or Pulse95 Radio. Stay tuned for more on Pulse95.
Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. If you're just tuning in, I'm honored to have a star from the community in Muhammad Sadiq in the studios with me today. Welcome to the show, Muhammad. Thanks. <laughs> now, it wouldn't be right for us to carry on, uh, Sid, without giving a special shout out to a crew we both know quite well. Now, if I miss out any names, feel free to jump in at any time. Special shout out goes to Junaid, Jasim, Tawfiq, Saeed, Muhammad Murad, Ammar, Jeff, Abu Abdullah, Jafar, Jabir, Abu Shamma, Sundar, Ali, Dominic, Nipin, Nihil, Pavan, Swedan, Isa, and Tarek. <laughs> Have I missed anyone? <laughs> We have a lot of people in the list, I think so that's good enough. <laughs> okay, okay, thank you for letting me off with that one. Now, having been in the community for, you know, obviously uh, for so long and having, you know, seen so many people come in and come out, what does it take to organize, let's say, one game? How much organizing does that take? Uh, it takes a lot of time, like, uh, thanks to WhatsApp and all those things, now it's much easier. Earlier we used to just send an email and we used to get a confirmation. But if you don't, if you're short of place, you really have to follow up and call guys yeah. and request whatever to come and play for us. Because we need at least to play a nine-a-side game, we need 18 guys on the pitch. Yeah. So it takes time. And especially with, with last-minute cancellations, situations coming up, you know, that, that must be quite tricky. Yes, we have some few backups as well. Oh, so back, backup <laughs> players. I don't think they want to be called backup players, but I'm sure they save a lot of games, right? So, but I will not mention their name. <laughs> <laughs> and, and how have things evolved in the UAE since you started being involved? It's like since 96, you know, you, you mentioned technology earlier. And you said how that's played a role in WhatsApp and, and everything. But, you know, have you noticed um, changes in in the type of people that are coming to uh, to these sessions or the type of people that are getting involved? Yeah, there are a lot of changes. When we started, we were all like, you know, the early 80s, 20s. Yes. So as we went on, the people started working, the community got matured. Yes. And there were a lot of mature guys who were joining us. And then we have kids now, like... They became father and the kids are playing with us. Right, right. So, so the children of the people who signed up initially yes. in the WhatsApp groups, their children are now coming. Yes. Okay. So we have some children as well playing yeah. with us. Yeah, they, they're giving us tough time, but yes, we are trying to match up. I like that. <laughs> I like that. And mashallah, you play cricket, you play football and you run, mashallah, you know. How do the three different sports vary in terms of personnel, like in terms of what you personally take away from it? It, all, all three games are different like yeah. uh, if you're going for cricket you will feel most of the Asian culture guys like most Indian Pakistani guys you will find out yes and they are very passionate about the game yes and in India cricket is like a religion yes so you have to be very like the game is different yeah um, it's there are two type of game one is T20 yeah one day game and test match yes Current, the new generation normally likes T20 because it's short, yes. like four or five hours game. Mm -hmm. And one day game is around eight to nine hours and test matches for five days. Five days. Yes, yeah. So when these guys come to the community, do they play for five days? No, no we don't play. Like it's an international level, yeah, it's five days. But right. over in Dubai, in Middle East, we always played 20 over games. Yes. It's like a T20 they call. Right, so right. 20 over games or 40 over games. Yeah. And 40 over games is entire day. Yeah. And 20 over is like, you can say you start morning 7 o'clock and it's end up by 2 or 3 o'clock. Wow. And so so they come here and you said it was it was, it was was very similar to like a religion. They treat it with, with such a way where they're so passionate about it. 
Has there right now? I know there's a huge community uh, like here in Sharjah as well, where pa- uh, Pakistan and Indi- Indian uh, cricket players are very, very uh, like passionate about it. But has there been anyone that's come from outside and surprised you that's not from those two countries? <laughs> that's a good question, right? Yeah, there are guys. But, <laughs> really? But there are guys from different community, like the British and all those. Yes. Or British and Australian, because I have colleagues and friends. Yeah. And especially during the World Cup. If India is playing against Australia, then you or India is playing against England, you will see British and Australian. They all, everybody get involved in this. Right. Yeah. So there are. Okay. But when, but are uh, you talk about rivalry, India and Pakistan? Like I have in my school days, we have mixed community. We have Indian, Pakistani, you can Sudani, Arabs, yes. UAE national. All the guys was together. We used to be very close friends. But the day there is a match between India and Pakistan, then mm-hmm. you will see some difference. An opinion and all those things. Yeah, yeah. But actually, also mentioning that, now you're half half. Is that right? Yes, I'm half half. Okay. So when it comes down to the cricket, where do your loyalties lie? It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. But when I was in office, people used to ask similar question. I always used to say, Yeah. Whoever wins, I'm that side. Okay. <laughs> so you're a glory hunter. Said I never thought you'd be a glory hunter, man. Okay, okay, all right. You'll, I'll let you get off of that one for now. Uh, when you grew up, did you have any role models or people that you you modeled your game on, whether it was cricket or football or even both? You know, is there anyone you looked up to? Uh, in football, uh, locally, internationally, I used to love uh, Maldini. Uh, Paolo Maldini, Paolo okay, Maldini. excellent. Wow. Yes, I'm big fan of him. Yeah. So I always used to follow him. And what position do you play? I used to play defense, okay. but now nowadays I play defensive <laughs> midfield. <laughs> okay. And in cricket, did you have anyone you looked up to? Uh, cricket, there is like I used to like Azaruddin uh-huh, uh-huh. But in olden days. Yes. Like, but nowadays Virat Kohli, okay, uh, okay. Dhoni, they are good players. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, th- thank you guys for tuning in on our Instagram live, and remember, this show would be nothing without you. But coming up next, we zone into the game of the weekend, where Diego Simeone's Atletico Madrid face Real Madrid, and yes. The people on Instagram Live have spoken and also on my Instagram and have said they wanted me to focus on Manchester United versus Arsenal. Stay tuned for more on Pulse95. Pulse95. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Halftime Show. If you're just tuning in, we have Mohamed Sadiq Astar in the community. And as we always say on the show, we highlight real-life topics, international, local. Sid, welcome to the show. Thank you. <laughs> now, Sid, do you follow or support a team? Yes. With, do you want to share that with us here? I support Manu. I don't know why I'm celebrating, but I thought I'd, I'd hype him a little bit before I tear them. No, I'm joking. Um, now, did you get to watch much live sport, um, you know, in the hectic lifestyle that you live? Yes, I do. I do watch almost most of the game of Manu. Okay. And okay. some special games like uh, Atletico. Real. Nice. And yeah. speaking about that, this weekend Atletico meet Real Madrid with Zinedine Zidane's men coming under a lot of criticism. Real Madrid are top of the league without a defeat yet in six games. There's a certain pressure for Madrid uh, to play a certain way, but with no defeat so far, it's result over style for Zidane's men. Atletico, however, having seen gigantic stars such as Diego Godin and Antoine Griezmann, leave are still producing the goods with four wins one draw and one loss and sitting only on one point behind their rivals what do you think the score is going to be what's that 
Are you sure Atletico lost? I doubt. I, the I only two so. teams are unbeaten in La Liga is Real and Atletico. But they've drawn one game. Yes. Interesting. So what do you think the score is going to be between them two? 3-2. Three, 3-2 two. Three, two to Atletico? Yes. Interesting. Do you support anyone in Spain? <laughs> I support Real. Okay. All right. <laughs> and on the other hand, that may not be what it used to be in terms of what they're looking for and, and the competition and the type of captains, but... I put a poll on my Instagram live asking what people wanted me to zone in in the game of zones uh, this weekend and and the the vote was unanimous 85% Manchester United versus Arsenal was what they wanted me to look at a very different dynamic in the sense Manchester City have dominated the Premier League and Liverpool have been outstanding in Europe, arguably showing that they are the best team to beat in Europe. Now, Emery and Oli Golasanshaya have been criticised this season for not having an identity, but the ghosts of Arsene Wenger and Sir Alex Ferguson didn't do them any favours. Now, this season, Manchester United's threat has been James, who has come in from the championship and showed no fear with Romelu Lukaku not being replaced a lot of pressure has been on Rashford and Martial and at Old Trafford United generally don't have a problem facing Arsenal regardless of whatever team is put ahead of them now I saw a stat that Arsenal haven't beaten a top six side away from home since 2015 and I also was told today shout out to Ali who's um, who's uh, tuned in on the Instagram live who said to me that Manchester United have not lost a game being up at halftime since 1984. <laughs> so, some crazy stats there. And Arsenal come into this game with a very poor defence with David Luiz and Socrates unfortunately making headlines for the wrong reasons. Now, in, in, in the week we see this game coming up, the return of Holding Tierney making their Premier League debut and possibly Bellerin in the fringes makes a different backline. Manchester United's attack has been talk. And a lot of people have been talking about Greenwood and whether Martial and Rashford will be fit. But Pogba is expected to return. Now, one man who's been performing is Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang, who, despite not having his strike partner Lacazette, has had to step up this season. And in five matches, this is something that I, I pulled out. Sid, let me know what you think of this. James has played five matches, 465 minutes, three goals, and his shots per game is 2.3. Aubameyang has had six matches, 540 minutes, six goals, and 3.3 shots per game. Now, here's a question to the viewers. If Lukaku had still been at United, do you think United would be higher up in the league? What do you think, Sid? Yeah, I think so. <coughs> you think so? Yes. Well, Lukaku has had five matches in, in Inter Milan, 418 minutes, three goals, two shots per game, but had a much higher percentage of aerial battles won at 4.6 compared to the other two who was 0.3. Now, stats can sometimes be deceiving, but this tells you that Inter are playing to Lukaku's strengths. Do you think United miss him at the moment? Yeah, like, uh, United is missing him because uh, if you see the game recently, what United is playing, yeah. they do a lot of crosses, that, which was not there in previous season. Yes. And I think so Lukaku would have been at the aerial, which he would have been the best. Yeah. Because United doesn't have anybody at the aerial. Uh, Nobody is there at the moment. Correct. And and I think they're capitalizing on set pieces rather than open play. And out of the goal, what they have scored, I think so, most of them are penalties. Yeah, that's actually true. And how do we think United will line up? Well, here's a suggestion on, on, on what Oli might do. De Gea will start off in goal. The back four will be Juan Bissaka, Maguire, Lindelof and Shaw. The two that might sit above him, and this is where I, I, I might have one or two things as options. McTominay and Matic will play and then Pogba, Mata and James ahead of them and then Greenwood ahead of them. 
Now, what do you think of that lineup? You think he, any he's going to spring any surprises or changes? <coughs> I doubt Matic will play because he is too slow for Arsenal. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. You don't you think his positioning is good enough? He he, he was good a few years yeah. back, but yeah. he has lost some some pace. Pace. Yeah, yeah. And how do we think Arsenal going to line up? Leno starts off in goal. Uh, Tierney left back, holding in Louise, possibly centre backs, unless he plays Socrates. And holding isn't ready. And Maitland Niles at right back, which has been a weak, a weakness for Arsenal this season, considering the player isn't a right back. Ahead of him, now this is where Emery has to get his tactics spot on, as he has a predicament who to pick from. Jacka, Guendouzi, and Cambios is uh, are the three that most probably he'll play. But I know that Torreira is definitely getting his fitness back, and even Willock has had a very good season so far. Up front, pretty obvious. Uh, Aubameyang uh, will be up front Pepe on the right now on the left side will he go for Saka the kid who has been impressive in Europa League and uh, also against Aston Villa or will he be safe and go for Ozil what do you think what's your take on Ozil he will go for Saka you think so yes he will not go for, uh, for Ozil okay okay yeah. and what are your predictions for the United game I know Dodi said it's going to be 3-2 uh, I know that um, Nadine listening online also said it's going to be a Lingard winner who do you think is going to win it's 2-1 <laughs> Why do you say it in that way? <laughs> I have a doubt Like Arsenal will win <laughs> Really? Yeah. Even though it's at Old Trafford? Yes Because last game when uh, If I'm not wrong Arsenal has won at Old Trafford um, Arsenal haven't won at Old Trafford for a while Unless it's a cup game Maybe yes But yeah. the, the last game they have won If I'm not wrong Okay yes. Okay. Well, well we want to know what you guys think uh, Text us on 4215 Itasat or do Or slide into our DMs at Instagram Live At Omar Alduria Or at Pulse95 Radio And tell us What's the score going to be Between Arsenal and Manchester United At Old Trafford On Monday That's the day I come into the show It's going to be a different Omar Alduria for you guys uh, On Wednesday when I do come in for, for the result of that There is a lot riding on this result This result still means a lot to a lot of people You know even though Arsenal and United United are not competing for honours and not the same as they were, you know, in Alex Ferguson days, in the Arsene Wenger days when they were. And you remember Roy Keane and Patrick Vera as captains? Oh, that was unreal. Unreal. See, I get goosebumps just thinking about it. Um, coming up next, we discuss the Player of the Year awards as Messi does it again. What is a successful season? And your questions will be answered here in the heart of Sharjah on Pulse95. But we do have uh, the Adhan coming up, um, the Asar Prayer Adhan coming up. And we'll have Mohammed Sadiq joining us here for more uh, on the Halftime Show. Guys, text us your questions and slide into our DMs. Let us know what you think. This is Pulse95. This is the Halftime Show. Yes, yes, yes. Welcome back to the Halftime Show with me. I have Sid Mohammed Sadiq, a star from the community on the Halftime Show. Uh, one thing uh, I've got to say, and shout out to everyone on Instagram Live. We've got some predictions coming in. Sam saying 3 1. Uh, Nadine saying, I think it was 2 1. She said Pogba will probably be out. And a couple of things, we were checking the stats because, you know, Sid made me doubt myself. And he does that in football as well. He made me doubt myself with uh, Atletico Madrid not losing. They have lost the game this year. That was one. And the other one was uh, Manchester United uh, losing to Arsenal, did you say, Sid? I said, uh, yes. Yeah. In all traffic. Yeah, there's times I thought United should have lost, but De Gea has been unbelievable. So that's probably why they haven't. But saying that, this week, one thing I watched, um, which kind of surprised me, was the... Player of the Year awards. 
Um, did you watch that? Did you, yep. did you hear about that? Messi uh, won it again with 51 goals in 50 games. He has a strong argument, but my question is, what is a successful season? Is it how well your club does? Is it how well your national team does? Or is it how many goals you score? Now, let me ask you, Sid. Do you think Messi deserved to be player of the year this year? Yes, yeah. Individually, he has achieved a lot. Yeah. But if you're if you're comparing with the club and the country, then it's always a question mark every time. Yeah. So individually, he has scored a lot. He he, I think, was the top scorer mm-hmm. in Europe last year. I gotta check that, Sid. Yeah, you're the you're the man with the stats, Sid. <laughs> I'm just I'm just picking up from. <laughs> no, but let me ask you this: What's harder to win? Is is it your own league or is it the Champions League? Your own league in La Liga, yes, your own league. You At think the, you think that winning the league with Barcelona is harder than winning the Champions League? Uh, yes, for for last year. Yeah, last year Champions League, yeah, your, uh, British league was British team were very good. Yeah, yeah. and uh, Barcelona had some unlucky games and they were out. Okay. One mistake, they're out. Well, so so this is my question to you: Barcelona lost to Liverpool, right? Yes. You right? Yeah. Yes. Is, is the classic 4-0 yes. okay? um, a certain player Virgil van Dijk was in the contention for winning player of the year Liverpool won the Champions League Barcelona won La Liga does Messi deserve to win the award over van Dijk in your opinion that's for a good me, question huh? it's a good question <laughs> but yes I will go ahead with Messi because uh, individually, he has done a lot for the team. Where Barcelona won La Liga and they reached in Champions League is because of individual performance, not for the team performance. Right. The team has done good, mm-hmm. but that, but they have a certain standard which they have not met. Interesting. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, for Barcelona, you always expect them to reach the final. Okay. Can I can I can I give you my opinion? Yeah. Do you mind? Yes. <laughs> okay. Here's my here's what here's my take on it. Now, Messi and Ronaldo have been. Uh, revolutionized football okay over the last 10 years this this is what i genuinely believe and in terms of attributes i agree they are the best in the world i i I fully agree with you but in my opinion van dyke had a phenomenal season with liverpool and i'll tell you why winning the champions league and losing one game in the league and netherlands reaching the final in the uae uh, sorry uae in the uefa nations league just being a part of that dutch revolution is bringing back the good old days for dutch football a year before that, Liverpool lost the Champions League final um, because of a defensive mis- error, or let's say Carrius, the goalkeeper. Now, they addressed that by bringing the goalkeeper in, and Van Dijk has obviously changed the defence at Liverpool. Losing one game in your domestic league and winning the Champions League in the manner that they did holds a very strong argument for Van Dijk, who defenders, by the way, and you being an ex-defender as well, should be giving this guy some credit. Sid, talk to me, Sid. Um, I, I still can argue because if you yeah. see, Cristiano Ronaldo has won the league. Yeah. He has won with his country the Euro- European Cup as yes. well. Yes. And he is the top scorer, I think so. I'm not sure, in the Italian league okay. as well. So shouldn't he be win- winning it? Yeah. So, but overall, Messi has scored the highest goal in Europe. I think so, 51 something. 51 he, goals in 50 games. Yes. So, but he it deserves. But individually, also, he deserves because the individual award is not a team award. Correct. So, if you're considering individual, then I think so. You should give to him. But also, let me ask you this: Sid. I'm trying to pick your brains here. <laughs> let me ask you this: If you score 10 goals, or let's say you score five goals in a seven-one game, right? The game's over, and you've still kept the player on. And Messi's Messi's 
the greatest, one of the best ever, okay? But Van Dyke changes a whole team. Messi, like you said, is an individual artist. He can change a game by himself. Yeah. Isn't it a team sport? It's a team sport. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you, it's a team sport. Yeah. But individually, like example, if mm-hmm. I go back in 86, like Maradona, yes. it was a team sport, but he alone himself had done a lot of things which Argentina got a World Cup. Mm-hmm. So yes. Still, when you talk about 86, you talk about Maradona. Why you don't say only Argentina won the World Cup? Right. Everybody says, still, Maradona has won the World Cup. Mm-hmm. So why hasn't Messi won the World Cup with Argentina? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's my job to ask these questions. He's individually good, but I doubt he's a good leader. <laughs> okay, interesting. I, I like that. And talking about leadership, um, the the player awards had a lot of things in it. I think women's football definitely, definitely grew from that. We you know watching the the US uh, USA national team and the incredible uh, athletes they have has been remarkable for the game, but also in terms of a commercial aspect. You know, it's good to see Rapinoe, you know, getting the credit she deserves. Um, it's good to see the goalkeepers getting credit. It's good to see defenders getting credit. And I wonder, are we having a shift now in the young players, um, you know, the aspiring youth, looking at players like Van Dyke and De Jong and defenders and midfielders who, who are good at what they do and don't try and be something they're not. I wonder if that will inspire playgrounds to have kids rather than them just being Ronaldo's and Messi's you know, being Sid's and uh, and De Young's and uh, and Van Dyke's and Trent Alexander-Arnold, who, by the way, was in the UAE uh, not not far back and, and very down-to-earth guy, you know. Um, I wonder if we're having a shift in sport because normally you just want to be the goal scorer, you know. Uh, you just want to be the one that gets the credit. Nowadays, the acknowledgement of the different positions is definitely giving... Uh, the youth a lot more promise in playing their own role and not being scared to take chances. You know, now the the, the ball-playing centre-back, the defender that can actually initiate play, that can pass from the back, is being encouraged. Whilst before, I'm sure, you know, back in your day and back in our day, it was defence just clear it. You know, how many times do we hear that in community football? Clear it! <laughs> I still do it. <laughs> exactly. And now we have players that are expressing themselves in a different way, you know, being able to play from the back. Uh, we have goalkeepers who are being equally, or, or they think, equally as good as the outfield players and coming to the edge of their box and um, getting involved with a five-a-side, you know. It's definitely shifting in sport. And I think that with all these players, you know, being able to express themselves, and even, by the way, Delicht for Juventus, you know, the remarkable season he had for Ajax and getting a big move at 19 for, I think it was 57 million, to yeah. go to, to Juventus. I mean, that's another big thing for football. You know, when was the last time we saw defenders getting the credit where they get to go to Juventus? You know what I mean? Which is the, the art of defending. You know what I mean? Uh, to go as a Dutch player, he is being exposed a little bit. And I think someone that I, I listen to a lot, Gabriel Marcotti and, uh, and Mina, who are the ESPN crew, um, Mina, I've been, I'm actually hoping to get her on the show um, soon, uh, discusses that Delift hasn't really produced at the highest level in Juventus. And I think with Kalini being injured, his strike partner Bonucci has been someone that hasn't necessarily had the impact on Delift that Kalini would have had. You know, um, And that's interesting to see how he evolves and whether he regrets not moving to a Barcelona, a Real Madrid, you know, a Manchester City even. How well would he have done under De Ligt, uh, under Pep Guardiola, De Ligt as a, as a player? You know, if he had gone now, especially with 
them wanting a defender after company after Laporte getting injured is that a mistake from Pep Guardiola see there's a lot of things here that could have fallen into place what do you think um, regarding Man City yeah I think it's a mistake they should have replaced company with someone yeah um, who, who, who is there a defender out there at the moment you think that Manchester City would, would do good to, in signing realistically they should go on for delay yeah, yeah, yeah. They should have gone for I think now mm. with him being at Juventus, I think that option is is definitely gone for at least two more years. But I have you do you, do you, uh, do you know Kulabali at Napoli? Yeah. He's he's one. But he's very expensive. 80 85. Yeah, and I think if City are going to fill in the puzzle, they're going to have to invest. I mean, they spent 50 50 million a, on fullbacks. Yeah, they have spent it on, I think so, on four stones. Maybe 50 for stones, yeah, yeah. Yes, and also for Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker. And uh, Cancelo, who's their new right back as well, who's coming, you know. So they're definitely not scared to put the money where their mouths are. And I think if they did pick up Kulabali, I think that would be a problem <laughs> for the league. <laughs> You know, because of defense, they are struggling. Yes. Otherwise, they should be on the top of the league. Yes, and I and I say that even when I get uh, get criticized a lot for being an Arsenal fan. Shout out to everyone on Instagram Live. Um, but if any if any of the top six teams in Europe had three out of their four starting defenders out, I'm sure they would struggle. And we're seeing that with City at Laporte. Arsenal have had both fullbacks out in Bellerin and Tierney. I, I, I never consider Arsenal as a defensive team. They, they never That's had true. a defender. That's they true. They never had a defender. That's true. They lose only only because of defence. You think so? Yeah. And do you think having brought back three out of their four uh, defensive line, they'll actually be better than they were with Luis and Socrates? Yes, I believe they will be better. And the right back and the left back. Both Bellerin and, and Tierney. Yes. Yep. They both come in. They should be better. Yeah. And again, but for some reason, uh, they lose concentration and they give up some goals. Yeah, that's that's very true. And unfortunately, we are coming to full time on the halftime show. Now, guys, if you have missed our show, you can catch us on Apple Podcast or SoundCloud. Just type in the halftime show or Omar Duri, and you can always catch up on the great shows we have here on, on Pulse95. Sid, thank you so much for being part of the show today, man. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to be here. It's been an honor to have you here. And we look forward to staying in touch to see how the community does with all the sports you're involved in. Thank you for having me over here. My <laughs> pleasure. My pleasure. Shout out to Sid and the family uh, and everyone tuned in uh, at the Halftime Show. We, uh, we couldn't be where we are without you and we appreciate all the love. Currently at the moment, there is a game going on, Liverpool versus Sheffield United. There's 24 minutes gone and it's still nil-nil, so there's more for me to catch up when I get back. Uh, sending you all the love and energy here from Pulse95. We'll be back on Monday, 3 to 4. Stay tuned on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday from 3 p.m.